Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. I'm going to share a different perspective uh, on this subject, and, and I want to talk about the subject of doing church or you could say being the church, because how many know we live out of being? We don't do, because if, all, if all you're stuck, in, stuck is uh, on doing, then it's just do-do. Come on, somebody. But we have to live from a place of being, but being the church, doing church as a team. Doing church as a team. Now, how many know that Ephesians 4 says Jesus gave gifts to the church? I can't really see your face very well. Can we bring up the house lights a little more, please? Uh, oh my gosh, the glory on your face is just incredible. Um, I, I, want, I want to talk about this. And we know the Bible says in Ephesians 4 that Jesus gave gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So the whole body grows up. Come on, somebody. Does it share? That's not what I'm preaching on this morning. And I'm not just preaching on teamwork. I'm not going to be preaching on unity, in fact, as far as in so much as unity of the brethren. What I am going to talk to you about, though, is a missing element that we need to be aware of and we need to be prayerful of and we need to be thankful for, and that is doing church as a team that we have an innumerable company of angels that are waiting to heed the voice of his word and we forget that they're on our team. I want to talk to you this morning briefly about the angelic realm and how they are assigned to us to heed the word of the Lord and they go before us. There is this provision. See, there's an overcorrection with almost everything that happens uh, in when, when the church goes into error, right? There's an overcorrection. You know, it kind of happened in the Reformation. There's an overcorrection. Uh, a lot of, like, it happened when the church from the 1800s, you know, began to get into deism and naturalism, and then all of a sudden fundamentalism came out. It's an overcorrection. It was, it was needed. The correction was needed, but we, we overcorrect sometimes. And sometimes uh, in the attempt not to worship angels, we we ignore them. Hello, somebody. And I want to just talk about not ignoring angels. That there is something so profound. And a lot of people think, well, I don't, I'm complete in Jesus. Jesus in him dwells the fullness of the God in him bodily. Come on, Colossians 2, 9 and 10. Am I, in, I am complete in Christ. I have the Holy Spirit. I don't need angels. I have the Holy Spirit. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I have the mind of Christ. Well, first of all, you don't have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. See, wisdom, the wisdom in the body of Christ, when Paul says we have the mind of Christ, he's not talking about one person. We have the mind of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And he's the head. But even in the life of Jesus, in his humanity, are you thankful that in his divinity he needs nothing? But Jesus was fully man and fully God. And in his humanity as the perfect man, he was full of the Spirit, endued with power, filled with the Spirit, and went into the wilderness. And after he came out of the wilderness, the Bible says angels came and ministered to him. If Jesus, the perfect God-man, needed angels, you and I need angels. And I want to I just encourage us that we need to do church as a team. Yes, we need to learn all the other stuff, but 
may we not neglect the ministry of angels. I, I think sometimes angels, yeah, I want to read a few scriptures to you, but I, I, I feel like sometimes angels are like, what are you doing? I feel like sometimes, they, they just, I, I, in the spirit, as a matter of fact, I've sensed this. I, sometimes I feel like they're just like, what are you doing? Like, that's my job. What are you trying to fight the war? What, what are you fighting? We're over here yelling at the devil trying to do spiritual warfare. That's, that's the angel's job. If we were thankful and declaring the word of the Lord, we would get a lot more done because we do church as a team. How many know that if we try to do the job of what someone else is gifted for, it doesn't work very well and we get exhausted. And it's the same thing when we talk about, and listen, yes, of course, we need to, we're not, we're not worshiping angels. We don't need to commune with angels. There are so many scriptures. In fact, 365 times in the Bible, cherubim, seraphim, or angel are mentioned. 365 times. But if you calculate the times they're mentioned, that's individual angels, 365, which is interesting because 365 times in the Bible it says fear not. I think if we were aware of the ministry of angels, we would walk in a lot less fear, just like the servant of Elisha. Elisha prayed that his eyes would be open, which, by the way, doesn't mean that he prayed that he'd have spiritual eyes. You have spiritual senses I have spiritual senses. We don't need spiritual eyes. We need our spiritual eyes opened and awakened. We should be confident that we have spiritual senses and we just need them awakened. But Elisha prayed for a servant. I pray that his eyes would be open. And he said, whoa. He saw all of the angelic hosts of heaven. He said, there are more with us than there are with them. So 365 times in the Bible it says, fear not. And 365 times in the Bible, it's mentioned angel, cherubim, and seraphim. But if you... If you look at how many times those cherubim, seraphim, and angels, those individual beings that are only mentioned in the Bible, they're actually mentioned thousands of times. They're act- the angelic activity is mentioned over 2,000 times in the Bible. Wow. You know, when we're, we're going about our day, we should say, Lord, thank you that your angels go before us. When we're praying protection over somebody, we should declare Psalm 91 that his angels are set. Let me just read uh, some verses to you. His angels are set charge over us. Psalm 91, verse 11. For he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Can you say amen? In their hands they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now, in Exodus, I'm just going to read a few verses, 23, verse 20. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you in the place which I have prepared. I feel like it's important we understand there's angels that have been camped out in this building for a long time because his angels go before us. Come on, somebody. They're preparing the way. Like they heed the voice of the Lord as God orchestrates things and strategizes things. And we prophesy things. See, when you prophesy, when you proclaim the word of the Lord, it gets angels moving. If we're not prophesying, the angelic activity of heaven is stagnant. They're waiting to heed the voice of his word. How many believe that? That when we declare what God is saying, it's as if God said it. When we declare the word of God, it's as if God said it. And angels have a responsibility as created beings by God to heed the voice of his word. You'll be awake by the end of this message, I promise. He says, 
Beware of him and obey his voice. Don't provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. Wow. Now remember, this is a different covenant and a different time, but I will say that I have prayed and I've sensed angelic things. I could tell you so many different stories of this. Uh, I will tell you one in just a moment, but I, I remember this one time I'm praying for like protection, and, uh, and I, I prayed it like three times. Like I'm like, Lord, thank you for sending your angels. And I prayed it again. And the third time, I, it was like I could see this angel go, hmm. like, what, am I not enough? If I could translate it this way to the Italian folk, he's like, what, am I a clown here? Come on. The angels that are all around us are equipped with all the resource of heaven to protect and to go before the people of God. Oh, man, we need to be aware. When my wife was around seven years old, she was praying for protection, and she was in an environment of darkness. If you didn't know this, my wife is from the hood. And how many know, some of you are like, what's the hood? <laughs> the Bible, or the Bible the, uh, there's a saying, it should be in the Bible, you can take the girl out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the girl. Find it in the scripture, it might be in the word somewhere, I don't know. But my wife was in a, an environment of darkness, she's praying, and her eyes are closed in her bed, she's awake, she's not asleep, she's awake. This was not a vision, uh, a night vision, this was not a dream. And she's praying, and all of a sudden, it's like someone turned the lights on in the room. You know, you can see through your eyelids, you see the light. And she felt this, almost like this awe, this, it was a little frightening, but at the same time, peace filled the room. She opened her eyes, she saw five, five angels all around her bed. Her bed was in the corner of the room, with her physical eyes standing as tall as the ceiling, back she, she saw all the backs of these angels, four on one side and three on the other. And as a young girl, she knew that the Lord had set his angels charge over her. Seven years old, with her physical eye, angels in the room. It's, it's amazing to me how, again, how we overcorrect in things. And we're like, well, you know, that's great, but no, no, no. In order to accomplish what we need to do as the people of God, we must be thankful for angels. And we don't focus on angels like, well, then when I pray, do I need to pray to angels? No, you pray to the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. And when we focus on Jesus, when we focus on his mission and we obey him, then angels go before us and we're doing what he's called us to do. But we should be prayerful and thankful and scriptural about what we see in the Bible, that there are literally thousands of angelic activities mentioned in the Bible, and angels, seraphim, and cherubim mentioned 365 times. There, are, and there is angelic activity we must be aware of. Can you say amen? It's funny, though. He says, don't provoke him. I, I feel like so many times as people, we, we're not aware of angels. I, I honestly believe sometimes angels get irritated with humans. Um, they just sit around like, what, what are we doing here? You know, like we're still praying for revival. If they just, if they just, hello? Angels, the Bible says angels are in awe of our redemption. I feel like angels, I, I, I mean, if I read that verse and I think about it, like, Angels are looking at us like, you're redeemed, and you have 
they have, the, the angels are looking at us as redeemed people, the people of God that are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And what we carry and who we are in the Spirit, they're in awe of our redemption. Could it be that angels are like sitting around like, man, if the people of God knew what they carried, we would be a lot busier and get a lot of things done. We must be aware and thankful as we set our hearts on the Lord. We, we are thankful that his angels go before us. Angels shift the atmosphere. In the spirit realm, there are desecrated places and there are holy places. Even though God is everywhere, he manifests in some places. There are angels that hang out in here. There are angels that hang out in your home. And if you can't sleep in your home, you need to cast the devil out of your house and thank God for angels to just sit around your room. Come on, anoint your walls. Speak the word of God to your walls. I'm preaching to somebody in here. Begin to say, Lord, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You need to pray Psalm 91 over your home and command every foul thing, every demonic thing to go from your household in Jesus' name. And you break the power of it. You release peace. And you thank God for angels on every corner of your land that you own. There are protecting and warring angels that are encamped around you because you fear the Lord. And there's something about the fear of the Lord. The angel encamps around those that fear the Lord. This awareness, this awe. As we are in awe of God, we are also aware that the angels are encamped around about us. I see uh, angels that travel with me. Um, when we were in Las Vegas, uh, we were uh, there to support, at, which by the way, we've been traveling so much. I don't want to travel for like months. I've been gone too much. Um, that's because I missed you. Come on, somebody. Um, but we went to Las Vegas, and, and our, uh, uh, our pastors that we appointed at the church, he asked me to lead worship um, Friday night. He's like, hey, lead worship tomorrow. And uh, I'm like, okay, great, cool, praise God. I'm honored. Um, and uh, anytime I lead worship, uh, I thank God, and I call on the angels that, are, that have been assigned to my life and there were a couple angels that were here. I had to borrow them. I said, I need those angels, Lord. Send your angels. They go before me. And I saw them in the spirit flying really quick to Las Vegas. And then there they are. They're about 15 feet tall. They're blue with gold. And they release the winds of heaven. And you bet that morning we led worship and it was saturated with the atmosphere of heaven. His angels go with us. They go before us. We love this verse in Hebrews chapter 1. Are you all enjoying this this morning? This is going to be a short sermon. I'm almost done. Are not all the angels ministering spirits sent out by God to serve, accompany, protect those who will inherit salvation? Of course they are in the Amplified. That's Hebrews 1, 14. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. To them it was revealed that not only themselves but to us were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things which angels desire to look into. The angels are in awe of the very gospel of the kingdom and how we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. They're in awe. Things that angels... I love this man and this is my prayer. In Daniel... The Bible says in verse 23 of Daniel chapter 9, at the beginning, your supplications, this is the angel speaking to Daniel. 
I believe it was Gabriel, and he says this. He says, Gabriel's speaking to Daniel. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out. So as he began to pray, pray the command, heavenly beings, these hosts of heaven, were commanded to go forth. You know, angels were waiting for you to pray. Angels are waiting for you and I, for our hearts to burn with intercession. What if they're waiting for us to prophesy to dry bones? What if they're waiting for us to say, I call the prodigals home? Angels, all right. You hear what they said? And they're out swiftly breaking demonic activity over the lives of people. Wow. As Daniel prayed, the command went out. He said, and I've come to tell you, you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Three times, angels tell Daniel that he is loved by heaven. I want to be loved by heaven. I know I'm loved by Jesus. I know I'm loved. But when I orient my heart at him and his voice, heaven is like, ooh, I like that guy. I can get behind him. We got work to do. Let's go, baby. Loved by heaven. The activation of of these spiritual beings that are undeniably all throughout Scripture. We don't have to be afraid of the other ones. We have absolute authority over the enemy. We have all authority. We have, we trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, Luke 10, 19. But let us not be unaware or ignorant that there are an innumerable company of angels that have been assigned. Let's do church as a team. Not just us, but those that have surrounded us. Those angels that have gone before us. Those angels that encamp around us as we're in awe of God. Man, can you feel this this morning? I'm telling you, our ministry and what we do, what we do if we are more aware and thankful to Jesus and begin to declare the word of the Lord, these scriptures that I'm reading to you, I want to be loved by heaven like Daniel, where the angels are like, man, Daniel, there's something, there's something about you, man. When you pray, the command goes out. I want to be like that. I remember reading, um, I remember reading the story of uh, Evan Roberts, and he was praying uh, bend us, Lord, bend us. It was a prayer that he heard another preacher pray, and it was the prayer that transformed his life and ushered in the Welsh revival. And testimony of, of Evan Roberts was that when he prayed, the tangible presence of God saturated the room. I remember reading this, and years ago, I was 19 years old. That was a long time ago. I know I look like I'm 29, but I'm not. I'm 47. You're supposed to act shocked. Come on, guys. <laughs> I remember reading that. Hear me. And I'm like, God, I want that. I want to be able to pray. And, and when I do, that your presence saturates the room. Man. Huh. Father, we were at this conference um, just a, a week ago in we're at Morningstar. Like, I've looked up to this ministry for years. I've never been there. And Leonard Jones, Don Potter, Susie Uri, I've, I've, man, it's just such a beautiful well of worship that pioneered a lot of powerful stuff for the body of Christ. Can you say amen? And uh, it's gone through changes and things. Not a lot of the same people are there, but Susie Uri is doing an activation and 
she calls the worship leaders and pastors up front. Of course, I act like I'm I, like I'm not a pastor because she's going to make people sing spontaneously. She's just handing people the microphone. So I'm like, no. Rochelle's like, go up there. I'm like, no, you go up there. You're a pastor too. Go up there. Here, sing, Rochelle. And so I'm like, no, man. So they're like, she's activating people. The song of the Lord is really powerful. And she walks over and uh, Mary was, was next to me. And I had thought Mary said, oh, those are my pastors. But we hadn't introduced, uh, she hadn't introduced us. She didn't know who I was. But she walked over, looked at me. She knew me by the spirit. She's like, you should be praying over all these people. Grab a microphone and pray. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. She's intense. Susie, you're right. And so they handed me a microphone and the spirit of prayer hit me. And I'm sitting in the sanctuary of Morningstar. It didn't hit me till later that I actually got to pray in Morningstar on a microphone in the sanctuary. It's a big deal to me. I mean, it's powerful. But the spirit of burning hit me and I began to thank God for fiery angels the seraphim Isaiah chapter 6 the ones that took the coal from the golden altar and they touched the lips of Isaiah and I'm praying and the fire of God hit the room my wife said when you prayed I was trembling in the presence of the Lord and I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt, one of the reasons the atmosphere was so saturated is not just because of me crying out to the Lord years ago and saying, Lord, I want that. I want to be able to pray and saturate the room with your presence. But it was years of, of learning to intercede, years of praying. I would pray in the Spirit. Listen, from when I was 19 for years and years and years. When I first married my wife at 24, she was so tired of me speaking in tongues. We'd be on the way to church. I'm like, she's like, we're going to church. Why are you praying? Because someone might need to be raised from the dead when I get there. That's, that's who I am. Seriously. I'm like, I'm a young Smith Wigglesworth. That's how I saw myself. I'm pray She's like, would you stop like praying? So there's something about paying a price. There really is. And, and not in a religious way, but there's something about becoming that open doorway where we just, we get confident in our gift. And when I was handing this mic, man, there was so much angelic activity that just the fire of God hit the room. The fire of God hit the room. Some lady approached us uh, the next day. She's like, was that you that prayed? She's like, thank you. The fire of God just came and just filled me and saturated me. That was amazing. And one of the reasons I'm telling you is because I'm aware that angels go before us. And I want to be so aware and so fixed on the Lord, my eyes set on Jesus, that all of heaven loves and is behind where I go and what I do because I'm doing what God has called me to do. Can you say amen? In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, Jesus quotes Psalm 91 as he is tempted by the devil about his angels, about the, his angels will be set charge over you, Right? But at the very end of the temptation, says, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Wow. Have you ever been really discouraged, and then all of a sudden you just feel encouraged? I'm telling you, it's the Holy Spirit, but it's also angels. Sometimes it's angels. Sometimes there are angelic things going on in the room, and we mistake it for the presence of the Lord because they carry the atmosphere of heaven. Let us be aware 
and our spiritual senses awaken to be aware that angels go before us. Can you say amen? I'm almost done. Uh, just quickly in Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, Peter was in prison. Constant prayer was offered to God. You know the outcome? An angel came and got him out of prison. It, it, was, it wasn't like, Lord, we pray for favor and the judge had mercy. No, an angel came, showed up, and opened the prison door. Who's ready for some miracles like that? Come on, somebody. I'm going to tell you a real quick story in closing. And I know I, I, I said it would be a short sermon. It really is. It's only been like 22 minutes. So, praise God. We went long in worship. It's Palm Sunday. I'm in London with my daughter on a ministry trip. We led worship and preached and did some fun stuff north of London. And then we're in the city of London. And my daughter and I are walking around. And we're in Leicester Square. And there's this little tent where the uh, Muslims are like passing out material. And of course, you know, I'm going to go up and just check it out, right? And, and I didn't plan on, you know, sitting there and talking for long. But I show up and we're, we're talking to them and they find out I'm a Christian. And then they find out that I didn't tell them I was a pastor, but they found out I knew the Bible and they brought a different guy out to talk to me. And the different guy comes out and he was like hardcore, dude, um, like a fundamentalist kind of, you know, uh, and, and we're talking about the Trinity and the deity of Christ, which of course they deny. And the majority of our conversation was on the Trinity. We were there for quite a long time. My daughter and I, Sarah was so patient with me. Um, and all of a sudden, this guy comes out of nowhere, and he has an African accent, this black guy. He walks up, and he's tell, first of all, he says this. He says, brother, peace to you. He says, and he asks for help like he asked for money. And the Lord says, give him money. I'm like, okay. I, I mean, I, I try to do that if someone is asking for help. If I have cash, I'll do that. But it was like the Lord says, bless him. So I blessed him. But before I did, he asked the other guy, and uh, the, the Muslim guy, and the guy's like, no, sorry, brother, no, I can't, I can't give you anything. So I bless him. Then as soon as I give him money, he's like, thank you. And he starts telling a story about a woman being rescued and some angels or something. And then he says this out of nowhere. He didn't hear our conversation. He walked up out of nowhere. He says three in one, three in one. He wasn't there for the three and a half hour conversation on the Trinity, but he walks up and he's like three and one, three and one. And I look at him like this. I look at Sarah. I look at the Muslim guy. I'm like, did you hear what he said? I said, maybe this guy's an angel confirming that the Trinity is true. And the guy had no words. He's just like, no. The guy walks away. I'm convinced it was an angel. Man, there's so many things that the Lord wants us to progress in and take land in, but we've ignored the rest of the team. How many say no more? And listen, read through the Bible, all the scriptures that talk about the encounter with angels. We don't worship angels, but we don't ignore them. In closing, you have come to Mount Zion, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, judge of all, the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, 
and the blood sprinkling that speaks better than that of the things of Abel. If we have at least two angels, because it says angels charge over us, if we have at least two, there's billions that we know of. Come on. Lift your hands let me close. Father, I just pray that we would be aware of heavenly activity. Angels that release. <laughs> wow. Father, you know, when you talk about things of the Spirit, listen, I, I want to I pray for some people. Um, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. If you just, if you, if you want fire in your life, fresh fire in your life, I, I, I want you to come to this altar. Just quickly come. Just stand up here, kneel up here. Just come. And uh, maybe what we can do in just a moment is, Sarah, why don't you go, and then I want you to come up. Go put on a song. Um, something just super anointed. That way you can take a break in just a moment. Just come up and we're going to pray and lift your hands and we'll dismiss those that want to be dismissed and we'll just pray. And man, I feel like there's gifts that are going to be activated. We went to a church on Sunday, uh, this last Sunday. We got to visit a church in Charlotte called The Gate. And this is a church that John and Carol are not, have been pouring into and visiting. And there's a fresh fire that was released. And I had the pastors, which I know they're, they're becoming friends, but we had met them years ago. Um, I had them pray over us and all of our team. And I want to just pray and deposit some of that fresh fire. Are you hungry right now? Come on, lift your hands and just thank God. Let's just begin to worship and thank him right now. Let's be aware. Father, thank you for angels in the room right now that shift the atmosphere, that release the wind of heaven. We pray for fresh fire. We pray for an activation in, within our spirit. Oh, Father, right now, fire of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We are hungry for everything that you have for us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.